One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast. We're Hi, Paul. up to number... 69 hey. yeah, just if was ever concerned that we might be too highbrow on this podcast <laughs> no 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 uh, kick off question this week Chris comes via Simon Lundgren Knudsen uh, who says would you rather have Gary Neville as Liverpool's manager or Steven Gerrard as Man United's manager I think this is actually a pretty easy I thought one. it was dead easy was when I saw this question picked it out there was quite a few people going, what a great question. And it's a good question. But for me, it's Steven Gerrard as Man United I manager. I could not have Gary Neville as Liverpool's manager. No. I don't care if he's the best manager no. in, in, in the world. I'm just... Mm. I w- there's, there's, a, there's a few reasons why I think Gerrard as Man United's manager. First of all, I think he put his career on the back burner for us. Mm. And I think he'd you know get them relegated <laughs> or something like that. Because he's a proper scouser. And second, they fumed just from the fact that he was named their manager. That was probably enough for me. I was sold then. And as you've already mentioned, no way in hell would I have Gary manager. Even if, and and that's before I knew how bad a manager he was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I I must admit, yeah, I mean, there's a personal part of me that I think the quandary in this question comes from how much you like Steven Gerrard and I really like Steven Gerrard but I don't like him more than Liverpool so you're throwing him under the Man United yeah. bus yeah, honestly Steven Gerrard is getting launched under the Man United bus I don't care I, do, I, I, I love Steven Gerrard as a player and he's a decent fella I don't care about him in, in, that much to, that I would want to subject myself to Gary Neville as Liverpool's manager so yeah unlucky Steven um, what would be really annoying though is if he was really good with them that would be. I don't think. I don't think he'd need to be. That would be dead annoying. Um, he'd, he'd do it just enough, probably, to not get sacked. Yeah, but not enough for them to win trophies. That, the thing is, Stephen Gerrard is that I don't think he has that. He's possessing of that. He would probably, if he, you know, it depends on whether he's a good manager or not. Because Gary Neville's been proven to not be a good manager, whereas Stephen Gerrard has yet to be proven one way or the other. He's had a one-all draw with Aberdeen. He's had a big one-all draw with ten men against Aberdeen. So there's, there's definitely, cra- he's definitely. I like the cut of his moment. jib though when he was talking about the game afterwards. Like no nonsense. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Kenny Dalglish. He's got. You know what? He's definitely got a Kenny quality to him. I, I totally agree with that. I like the fact that he just looks. He just looks the suit comfortable thing. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just looks smart. He looks respect. Yeah, I, I like it. Anyway, um, not at Rangers podcast. So you know, frigging. Um, this week we're going to be discussing. Also, sorry. I, I hope everyone's happy with that uh, opening question. Uh, we we annoyed quite a few people last week with the opening question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bit. It was a touch on the nose last week. Um, we have since... Uh, that was not where we made physical contact, by no, the way. No, no, no. We have um, since decided exactly what the right answer to that question is. Um, 
to to pick a different question. No, I've, I know we, you know, we, me and Ross spent some time uh, really delving into the issues okay. at hand, and we're not gonna let, we're not gonna do it here, but we may do it on the subscriber version. Tweet at Mister Bloodred if you want to know what the real winning winning answer is. Anyway, news in brief uh, comes first. Then we're going to be discussing Liverpool with the unluckiest team in the Premier League last year, which was a fact, uh, and whether this is our best ch- chance of a title. And then we've got a few questions, and as we've done for the last few weeks, we've got a whole bunch of extra questions on the RedmenTV.com. So thanks very much for some incredible ones we'll get through as many as we can and the rest are going to be on the website so news in brief let's 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 blitz through a couple of the, the early ones here because i'm just not interested simon mignolet's been linked with napoli and besiktas i could not i mean like this is unfair chris because i think mignolet's been an absolutely fine save for liverpool we've been like comically dismissive of him at times but that's all it is i don't wish any harm to mignolet i don't want him to end up somewhere terrible i want him to get have a good move for him because he doesn't deserve anything less than that but really I, I, I'm struggling to find any concern for this just, at all. Just go, mate. Just go. Just go. And not because he's crap. No, no, he it's just because we've got Alisson, man. Mm. That's no it. other reason. No, I, this is the thing. Isn't it? The, the, we, we should get good money for him as well. We should, we should absolutely get good money for and him. And we can hold out for good money for him, and I would hold out for good money for him. I wouldn't sell him for five million quid, for example. Yeah. Like, I think 15 million is actually probably where his bar is mm-hmm. right now. You know, all right, he's not played a full season last year. Yes, he was kind of bombed out the sides, but really over the last sort of three seasons, his level's been pretty good. And when you consider how much goalkeepers are going for... <laughs> um, yeah. When you consider how inflated the goalkeeper market is, how disgracefully inflated the goalkeeper market is, Simon Mignolet is absolutely a 15 million plus goalkeeper. You know, and he would almost be an international. If Timo Courtois didn't exist, he would be an international goalkeeper. Um, no, I, I, he's not quite the uh, he's not quite the backup um, sort of cheerleading goalkeeper that Pepe Reina no, was, though. No, is he? he lacks that quality, doesn't he? Personality, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the thing about the thing about Simon Mignolet is, and he's not the first person to fall foul of this, and he won't be the last. It's just it's just stylistic. It's a style. It's a style of play that is why he doesn't suit Liverpool. He's not. He is a Premier League standard quality goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, I'd be, I'm amazed that not more of not more have gone in for. He'd sue Everton down to the ground. Well, Everton, yeah, all right. I get what you, I get what you're trying to do. Um, now, but you know, it, <laughs> there's plenty of teams that would be would be fine with the Simon Mignolet. Maybe it's just that thing you've just seen Joe Hart move to Burnley. You know, maybe there's just you may. I don't know. Could, could he do a jersey do that? Could he go and be a backup at, a, at another good club? It's, it's whether Quite he possible. wants to though, isn't it? Mm. We're really rattling through these anyway, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Grewich has turned down Cardiff in favour of Galatasaray. Right, that Fine. one surprised me though. Fine. I really Squad thought number merry go round. <laughs> no, no, genuinely, that did surprise me. I thought, you know, Premier League football. I thought he'd want a bit of that, like. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see where how, how, how true this is, of course. But yeah, maybe it's just that he, he made a good. He's, he's lived the Warnock life. Well, he's lived the Warnock <laughs> lifestyle. He's just, maybe, but maybe someone's just gone. Mate, Warnock is getting sacked in the first three months of the season, and then you then it's open season as to what happens with you. So that I mean that, and yeah, maybe he just wants to go and challenge him. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very strange one. He's defo someone. I I think he's a good. He's good. He's good, and we'll, you know, time will tell where he ends up. Again, another one I just just don't care that much. 
Um, <laughs> so there's squad number very go round. There's loads of rumours that Liverpool are gonna. There could be four to five players changing squad numbers uh, in this week leading up to the season, and a lot of this was sparked, as many things are um, these days, by by a hashtag or the absence of a hashtag, which is up there with you know changing somewhat your, your bio on Instagram or Twitter, etc. Loris Carries didn't put LK1 on his squad picture. Oh right, okay. Um, we I don't n- follow him. No, so no, 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 um, uh, no, no, I, I, I just don't care. Um, the, um, uh, but yeah, apparently Alisson obviously wants one. Fabinho apparently wants six, which would be a swap with, uh, with Lovren, so Lovren would take three, which don't. <laughs> That's a left-back's number, isn't it, Paul? Take. Isn't that a left-back's number? So who's five? So he's got five. Album, yeah. That's making it so much more complicated than it needs to be. See, um, six is a six is a can be a midfielder, can be a centre halves number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Genie should take that because he's played both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just if uh, you were to fix the squad numbers, go through the first eleven. First eleven. Okay, one Allison, two, I keep Klein for now. Okay, three would be Robertson. Four would be Lovren, five would be Van Dijk, six would be Henderson or Fabinho if they want. Um, eight would be Cater, seven would be whoever are attacking centre mid. James Miller. So, yeah, James Miller, <laughs> James Miller, Adam Lallana, Jane Jakiri, Nabil Fakir, insert, who are uh, Oxley Chamberlain sound. Then the front three is fine. Yeah, nine, ten, eleven. But I'm not. But realistically, I could swap. You could swap ten and seven round. So you could give you give seven to Sadio Mane and you give ten to your attacking mid option if you want to let it down. Whereas Liverpool have got a grey area around those because of Kenny and, and John Barnes, which means it doesn't bother me as much. Um, but yeah, Oxley Chamberlain might take the nineteen vacated by Mane. <laughs> what was Ox last year? Twenty-one. Yeah, which I think was his number at Arsenal. Um, but I yeah. don't pay attention to it. Yeah, I think it would do me head in if I did. Mm. Yeah, I can I can vouch for that. Um, Jose Mourinho said that Liverpool are buying everything and everybody. This is not quite true, though, is yeah, it? Paul? This feels like fake news to me is, because we yeah. signed three players this summer, mm. and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then obviously you, you, we signed Kaita last summer. He didn't sign. You know, mm. didn't actually come through the door until this year. So we've signed four players. Hardly constitutes four billion. No. Um, which is anything and everybody. No. It, also the fact that you know. I think when you sign Luka- when you sign Lukaku and Pogba for more money combined, that we signed our four players yeah. probably means the money side of things that he mentioned isn't quite as true as he'd like to believe. Yeah. The di- the difficulty with him is he lives in a hotel, Paul, mm. so he doesn't really have a concept of what real life is anymore. No, I, I, because you do kind of forget, you, you know, you're not earthed if you live in a hotel. If you know what I mean. No, does Josie Mourinho know how much a pint of milk? Costs? No, he doesn't. No, absolutely no chance. Absolutely no chance. Does he? Has he ever shopped in Primark? No, absolutely he hasn't. Not. Absolutely not. Weirdo, absolute weirdo. Um, it's bollocks. This and there was there was what was really funny about it, and, and this is one of those things we can see the tide turn him because he's still doing the whole deflection thing. He's still he's either it's pushing, good that he has to do it in pre season though. Yeah, absolutely. He pushes attention onto other managers and other clubs, or he brings it onto himself. He always deflects it away from his team, um, which has been a strength of his, to be fair. But when it goes wrong, it always tends to go wrong spectacularly in the and third you, season. And you could see, and you could see it happening at Chelsea second time around. Um, 
with the uh, um, yeah Carnera stuff, whatever her name is. The um, you can see it, you can see it happening with that way. The the media t- was all, all of a sudden they just weren't lapping it up in the same way, and he became a bit of a a, a laughing stock. That's happening already. Well, when you can he see it, these sorry, you can see it with these like the the comedy Twitter accounts who are putting out Liverpool's net spend since Mourinho come in compared to. It's almost a change of the guard, isn't it? When Mourinho came into the league, he was different. He he, he manipulated the media in a completely different way to probably the best manager at the time, which was Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm -hmm. But he came in and there was a freshness to him. Now there's almost a boredom to his games in the media. And, you know, you've seen people come into the league, Jürgen Klopp being the prime example of this, who can be honest Mm -hmm. and still get their message across and still do all the things that Mourinho does without making everyone who's sat in the room out to be a cunt, quite mm. frankly, you know what I mean? That's what Mourinho does. Um, and everyone's bored of it now, and everyone's seen that over and over and over again. He's not reinventing himself in any way, shape or form. He's not changing, he's not evolving. He's just becoming dead boring and, yeah. a, and a laughing stock, and that's great, Yeah, quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about um, Man United and stuff a bit later on in the in the podcast, now how it relates to Liverpool, of course. But last bit of news in brief is that Leon Bailey admitted concrete interest from the Premier League. I think he was asked about it. I'm told he was asked oh, about Oh, yeah, he... He, he linked himself to both Liverpool and Chelsea, okay. which is which is a new one on me. There's not many players out there that so are linking themselves. How did this go? Was he was he was he? He asked? was in an, he was in an interview with Kicker, and they I don't, I don't know the exact wording of the question, but he said yes. There's been interest from the Premier League, a few clubs, Liverpool, Chelsea, and there was one more, but I don't think that club was from the Premier League. Because it was weird. Because this when I read it, the Mirror reported it without the him quote. Actually, saying the words Liverpool, Roma, Chelsea, so I was like, I wondered whether, and I think Louis had said to me that maybe he was asked, was he, I wonder whether he was asked specifically about those clubs, and then he responded because all the quotes, it was like, oh my god, I've seen this before, when it's like, uh, you can just throw any number of, oh yeah, there's concrete interest from the Premier League, well, who has been linked from the Premier League? X, Y, and Z. It's probably not as concrete as B. He's probably not come out and said Liverpool and Chelsea have had concrete interest in me. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Yeah, so again, I wouldn't. People shouldn't get too excited about that. But what they should do is get onto the Reds transfer roundup this week. Steve Hall's show is back with him with a vengeance. Uh, talking about all the transfer stuff and a few uh, really interesting debate uh, and discussion topics as well. That's going to be on the RedmenTV.com. I'm sure Leon Bailey will come up amongst other things as well. So let's dive into it then, Chris. First thing I want to discuss, there was an article that came out in the BBC report and it's been picked up elsewhere since then, of course, that Liverpool were apparently the unluckiest team in the Premier League last year. Have you seen this? Yeah. Interesting stuff because, and it's funny. I saw what I, what I really enjoyed about it was Paul Tompkins' reaction that it was a real vindication for him because it was something that he'd been saying all year long that Liverpool were well below the curve in terms of the the amount of refereeing decisions, whether it's penalties, etc., that were going in our favour. And you know, we know this or means, against us. Yeah, this means absolutely nothing. You know, doesn't won't change anything, of course. But Liverpool were apparently twelve points worse off. Because of poor refereeing decisions, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah, it is. I think it puts it, it put us on. Was it about eighty-seven points or something like that? We, I think we finished second, on seventy-five. We, in the table, Man United lost six points on it as well. They were the the luckiest side, and they only gained six points. But we, there was an eighteen-point swing there. If you mm. look at the two sides next to each other, I think as a Liverpool fan, you often feel like that. But then you come away from the game. Oh well, it evens itself out over the course of the season. Well, that's not actually true either, oh, and, yeah. and it never it never could do. And listen. It could st- we could be the unluckiest side this season because it might not even out. You know what I mean? It doesn't actually mean anything in the grand scheme of things, other than you know, 
there is a part of how you build your team that needs to go on against referees and I think it's something you talk about quite often about this nastiness and um, a, 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 what's the, probably the right way of saying it a, 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 let's say a competitive edge yeah. to being able to get the referees to do what you want almost and I think we, we have more players in our squad this season who are willing to do it who are willing to step up I think Henderson last season compared to the year before was yeah. much better and he yeah. might improve again then you've got the likes of Naby Keita your Fabinho's and other lads who Mane was getting great at it mm-hmm. going down for fouls and stuff like well, that no, he was getting better at deciding to he was terrible at winning decisions <laughs> Touché. In that. Touché. this is the man who really got sent off at Crystal Palace for handballing it because he tried to, to, did the whole oh I'm down no it's a foul I've stopped I've got the ball and they were like, but then eh, no. you, you know you can see in the in big games at Anfield the crowd has a big a big thing a big part to play mm-hmm. but equally that can work against you as well because the referee will go in there knowing that Liverpool fans are baying for the decisions and sometimes that makes you if, you, if you're strong willed and strong minded you'll be like nah that's them and and you, it, it kind of glosses over it a yeah. little bit like. I think there's, I think it's almost the other way to some extent I think it's about it's about that, the cauldron thing. I think works and works to your advantage. Referees are, are, are more influenced in in that regard. I think when it, when you've got a team and it, there's a flow of the game, referees get swept up in games sometimes, and you've got to make that. I think there's a, there was a degree a few times when, to be fair, a lot of this is like games that we we we, we got twelve draws in the league last season. So and I, I wouldn't shock me if a lot of these points that they're talking about actually came from those. Well, they kind of have to because that's where you get the bigger swing. Yeah, exactly. Draws and losses. The um, and the thing is. Is that a lot of those games were games that we should have been, we maybe should have been put into bed, or it was a combination actually, wasn't it? Because we drew some big games, some very, very big games, and you wonder whether there's a referees not wanting to make big decisions in in the big games, but also in the lower ones, do referees want to be picking on the little yeah, man exactly. almost? Whereas I think there's a degree to which Liverpool's style of play, and I and I we've seen this in pre-season, is that we are going to be thunderous against opposition regardless of who they are this season and I think there's a degree to which when you've got that constant barrage it's just wave after wave something you always refer to is how Man United played best under under Ferguson was just that it was relentless you knew and it was coming you know exactly you know waves crashing on the dock and eventually something's going to give and that's either going to be you know if you've got a build up in anticipation a build up in atmosphere and of course on the in, in, in the play as well you can just psychologically you get in referees heads and there's just no choice for them to just go it's a, you know what I mean they, they make more snap judgments in that so that's I think that's all part and part of it maybe it feels like we are we won't know until we see it, of course, but I think we're better set up to capitalise. I think the I think the important thing to come out of it, and I'm not saying you do this, and I don't think anybody really does this, is you don't get too hung up on it because the managers and the players won't be either. You know, you can have you can use it to fuel you mentally to go into a game or a season because well, we've been hard done to there. Look at that type of thing. But ultimately, Pep Guardiola, I'm sure they'd have won the league regardless. Mm. You know what I mean? Because they were so good. So ultimately, those games that you're drawing. You can't be relying on the referees to change those games. You can only rely on yourselves to yeah. change those games. And Klopp will be saying that more than yeah. anything else. Well, the point is, it's not that you're not Liverpool are not go, would. You could go back and replay them, and you, you're just not going to get twelve. You're not going to get twelve points out of them. Is the point? But the the thing is more is a, is about 
you you help it to balance itself out yeah. by the by the way in which you approach football matches and all all it just takes is just Liverpool Liverpool need to return to the the baseline again. They It'd be interesting. It would be interesting to see the thirteen fourteen one of them and see it like because we were buying penalties, but I never thought we were buying them, but we were just getting loads of yeah. penalties and stuff. And that was about what you're talking about the way you play, the way we played in people's far, in in the area of other teams just meant that they had to go in for a challenge, otherwise we were going to score anyway. And there is a style of play thing to winning penalties and Liverpool look even in pre-season like we've got that back a little well, bit we've seen it at the speed at which we play and that's that's so much of it isn't it it's that the problem is of course is that you what you don't really want is penalties winning you winning you winning your games in the last five minutes and penalties I think that's where Liverpool have maybe fallen foul you know I think there's more there's, there will be more like you'll be more likely for referees and no, look again I'm, I'm probably being doing a bit of a disservice to the mental fragility of referees here but when you're playing a Swansea at home or Swansea away, you know, as an example, and it go and someone goes down with a minute left to go, I, I do wonder where the referees are like, well, look, these have hung on for all this time. It's a bit unfair to give it to them kind of thing. You know what no, I mean? I think there is that. Whereas I think there's an inevitability too. If it happens in the 30th minute or if it happens in the 60th minute, well, it's a click. It, it, it's a click. Or that's the way the game is going. Well, you're exactly right. Because as you say, the referees fall into the game. They become part of it and they want the game to be the game. And I think it's exactly the same at the end of the game, which is what you just mentioned, as the beginning of the game. I think our referee doesn't want to be change the course of a game two minutes into the game and, that, and, that, and it be a certain way for that. So, yeah, I think that's absolutely a, a good point. And one of the points as well that's raised by this, it's not all just on, pen, on pens and stuff. It's things like deflections. And Liverpool just had a... Uh, we conceded so many freakish goals last year, and the year before, and the year before, and the year before. before. We said this last week. I think it's, the, it's become the stock Liverpool goal is just to come off someone's arse and randomly drop onto the toe. As the toes, I'm pretty sure that was what the mentioned in Swansea. That was how Swansea got the lead, got, got the lead at the Liberty last season. Um, so yeah, a bit more, just a bit more like that. And some of that is just being a bit more switched on. And I think again, this comes from that right mental attitude. If you've got a hunger and you you are out to to win every ball, you have to kick everyone, you have to do this. And that you are more likely just to be first mm. to stuff. So hopefully mm. that should that should definitely help us this season moving forward. Um, right, we're going to talk about the Liverpool's title chances in a moment, but before we do, everyone will know this by now. Uh, and I've been asked this question by so many people in person and on Twitter, etc., etc., and in comments. Um, when's the Jurgen Klopp interview coming out? It's coming out this week. Um, what we, day, Paul? Thursday. What time, Paul? TBC <laughs> um, but yeah we, I, I was lucky enough to sit down with Jürgen Klopp it was a fantastic interview I know a few people have got him but nothing quite in the same way that we got him uh, so if you want to get that you know, we're going to be putting a segment of that out on YouTube but the, the, the line here will be going what did you do differently well. straight jacket or something just I, we're bezies Chris we just relaxed right. loads more <laughs> see you later <laughs> 17 fucking 18 19 loud, years man. I've had to fucking put up with you well, I've got a space. and you sacked me off for a big 6 foot 3 German well I've man. got a space in my life for a, for a, for a gobby blonde a gobby, a gobby glasses wearing blonde that's, that's all there is like I'm now comparable with Klopp. You've made this much better. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm still second best. But. Amazing. So, Liverpool's um, title chances, Chris. Yeah. I am <laughs> sweating so much really? in this room, mate. I am, I am going into this season. I mean, look, we, I think we've had a few fallow years where I, I think Brendan Rodgers kind of did this. Well, Roy Hodgson did this, to be fair, but we had our expectations what low. What does fallow mean? It basically means... <laughs> It's those years, isn't it, where effectively you just you're not expecting big results. 
you're not expecting to be able to to to, to be able to, to to be competitive. You're not expecting to win the league fundamentally in in, in this regard. We've always said we're going to win the league. You know, even even those years when we weren't great, I always felt that we could because of the magic of football, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I can honestly say, I, I, you know, I thought Liverpool might make it. It was an outside chance last season. We might have been able to do something, but all along I was saying fourth was our was our strong objective, and I was very happy with us to finish fourth in the league. I'm going into this season, and so many people have asked me about it. I don't, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and say Liverpool are going to win the league because that'd be madness. But for me personally, this is the best chance Liverpool have had of winning a league title at this time of the season that I can remember since probably people were mentioned 13, 14. But I don't it didn't feel it like it. No, not at not all. Not at the start of the season. Nothing's felt like this. Probably 2008, 2009. <laughs> Did we finish third year before in that one? I think so. I think we... Uh, uh, if, if, if I'm right, fourth, I think third, fifth, second. Fifth, fourth, third, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I really believed at the start of that season that we were title challengers either. I think we had a good squad and I knew we had a good manager and I knew we were on an upward trajectory. But not quite in the same way as, as this for some reason. Now... Obviously, I spend a lot more time thinking about Liverpool now, and yeah. so it, it almost beco- it's become all encompassing this feeling around me, yeah. and maybe that's why I've noticed it more. But you know, we did a live show the other day. You've heard me say it three or four times. There, it's not hope this season of number nineteen. It's not a dream. Mm-hmm. There's a belief that we can go and do this now, yeah. and that comes from every facet of the football club, and, and that's that's the difference for me. Is I've never felt like everybody is all in on Liverpool can win the league this year before. There's been a few optimistic fellas who thought you can win the league and there's been a few pessimists who think the squad's shit. Yeah. It feels like everybody thinks the squad's boss yeah. and we can win the league if everything goes right. Yeah, I, I, I look at the 0809 and I, look, I, I, I thought I, I had... I, I, that was the season when I put like a pound every week on Liverpool to win the title. Um... I didn't realise it was that year. I remember you doing that. Yeah, because yeah. that was off the back of Spain, won the Euros, and the money I won on that, I put on Liverpool to win the the, the title, and then and, and so on. Because I was convinced, because it was everything. It was the grey kit. It was the boss team that we had, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but it was that thing of I look at it now, and you, you, the fact is, look, we we'd been to two European Cup finals by that point, of course, but we'd done it in a bit of a ragtag kind of way. I've really felt, and we said this in the build-up to this year's Champions League final. I really felt like Liverpool, you know, truly belonged in, in in that final this time around. And all we've done is we've taken that side. The the deficiencies in this Liverpool squad were not so glaring than they've been in in other ways. And I think in eight oh nine, and we'll need this. I caveat by we'll, we'll need we'll need a bit of this this season too. But after like five games of of us. We, we won so many we got so many late winners at the start of that season we, we just won games that we in previous seasons we've been we've been drawing if we start to see those signs I think absolutely it's a hundred percent it's on hey there it's Michelle Norris I'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when I travel I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home and one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain and Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, but right here and right now, again, I, I look at us and look at look at what we've got capable. I think that that side. We could have kept exactly the same squad, I think, and probably been closer to the title yeah. this year and probably have considered ourselves to be in with a title shout if we'd only just bought one or two. You know, Even if we'd not bought Alisson, I probably would have thought we were in for a title challenge this season, but we have. We've gone, and in the last half a, se- half a year, since the turn of the year, we've strengthened goalkeeper, defence, defense, midfield, and we've bolstered the attacking And And then well. you've got the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold because even in January it's not the same Trent has finished the season for yeah. us is it you know what I mean is it, he's had that sort of he's, he's had a European Cup run himself at 19 years old and you've seen the emergence of Robertson in that time as well I think he only came into the side really December January times staying on Trent he was in rotation for right back in January yeah and, and now, now he's the he's right back. Best right back. And Robertson's exactly the same. Moreno goes down with an injury, gets into the side, and he just gets better and better and better and better. We had the conversations around Palace that early on in the year that he might be, not be as good as we thought or we'd hoped. Fucking ten times better than anything I thought yeah, or absolutely. hoped that he was going to be. Like, and, and in addition to that, so you're right in saying that you know we've got that we've got a young squad. I remember in 13-14 saying that the, the, the big benefit to coming so close and falling short was the young players will live from that experience but the problem is is you needed you still needed world class players to, to help carry the, the main burden of all that and that's where we fell foul this time around whereas we've still got all those world class players mm. they're still that level there's a good chance that one of, you know, wouldn't shock me to see Mane get 25 goals this season for example it, it's not outside the realms of possibility that Firmino could get to 30 it would be shocking, like in the best possible way, if Salah matched what he did last year. Of course, but but kind of I think whatever. he's upwards of thirty this season, yeah, maybe high thirties, but forty-four seems like a lot. Yeah, he doesn't look like again from what I've seen of him, he doesn't look like you know a player just hits a hot patch and like you know like that goal against Napoli. No, exactly. That's know. not a lot. That's he's just I'm going to kick this ball into that top corner. and No one's going to stop me. Effortless. Yeah, absolutely. it's amazing. Yeah, it's and that's brilliant. not going to stop. And he's going to continue to get into those positions. And and importantly, the one thing you've not mentioned yet is the spine of the side. Mm. We've not had a spine of the side quite like this. Not the whole way through the team. Yeah. That's incredible yeah. what we've got now, and it, and it feels like the spine is—it's not just four players. Mm-hmm. It feels like the—it it, it doesn't fit with the analogy of a spine, but it feels like there's six or seven mm-hmm. lads there who are absolutely crucial to well, what we do. Just, well, fuck, this is the thing: you talk about the spine, and you say, okay, Allison, Van Dyke, Henderson, Cater, Fabinho. There's your Fabinho. Sorry, Fabinho. 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 There's your spine. 
And then there's not even best two exactly. players in there. And then you, but then that's it. And that's when you then start to have the conversation. Saying you, well, you plug in Mo Salah onto that side, you plug in Mane onto that side, you plug it in, whoever you want to talk about, whether it's Wijnaldum or whatever, Bolster and still, still doing the midfield. Milner, you're Trent. The full, you're talking about the full-backs in this and that. This is that, and that's when you start to realise that that is a that is a squad that's that can match anything in, in in football. And what we've what we've actually not mentioned in addition to that, which is I think is one of the other real encouraging things, is I we can look now to our under twenty threes and say in Curtis Jones, Rafa Camacho, Nat Phillips, maybe even you know if you wanted to talk about Grabara or, or Keller, Keller, Queen, Queen, Keller, Queen, yeah. Whatever. Um, there's a there's a bunch of lads there for, a, for and we haven't had this for quite the same for a few years. Where you go, they're actually ready because like prior to that we were looking at Woodburn and we were looking at Trent and we were saying, well I like them, but they looked far too young. They didn't look ready for first team football and they've had to grow into that. Whereas I'm I'd be totally sound. If someone said we were having a mad injury crisis and we had to play one of those lads, I'd be so excited to see. I wouldn't be going. Oh, well, we'll see how we'll kind of see how it goes. I'd be like, yes, yes, Rafa Camacho, do us a favour and just start skinning people down the wing from right back. You know what I mean? And that's where it feels like at every level we are the best prepared we've been. Absolutely. And then you know, people say a lot about Dejan Lovren, but there he's part of your spine as well, I yeah. think. And then you got Joe Gomez at age twenty one, twenty two, maybe, who is about to probably have his best season for us yeah. as well. Um, hopefully at centre half, the backups for each of these positions, the rotation options that we've got at centre midfield, and a re- and a resurgent Daniel Sturridge yeah. again. This is the best squad, the best spine, best players, and the best manager we've had in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really interesting is just having a casual glance because so much of this stuff kind of filters into your into your news feed of how opposition fans are reacting to their own various yes. pre-seasons. And this is the thing, I've not sought any of this out, but you do you do it does catch your eye and I see Spurs fans joking about like you know getting the panic rooms ready because they're not they're just They have this every year though, and, the, and, and this is the difference between I think Spares viewed from the outside and Spares viewed from the inside as an actual fan is I can tell you every single year they don't sign that many players and their side always gets better and stronger and they always finish one of the top sides in the league um, because he's a great coach mm. Pochettino and I would I would he'd actually we've got a question later on he's not a, ma- a manager that are considered for it he's a brilliant manager but I don't think he quite has the full backing of the club yet because I think not having won a trophy ever. Is yeah, you know what I mean. Not, sort of I'm halting not sure that slightly. Or... That they would fully back. I just think well, maybe that's, that's really, it. Yeah, really hard, isn't it? Unfortunately, they're very precariously balanced with everything they're doing. But, but the I think I think there's, there'll be a small section of Spurs fans, Spurs fans who will be happy and, and confident in their season. But I think the vast majority will be like, "Fucking hell, look what Liverpool are well, doing." The they're doing bits logic, up there, like... there that, you know, you look at them and they there's there's no reason to suggest that Spurs Spurs are not better equipped to do to do the business this season because well the players after squads goosed from from the, from the World Cup and they've just not brought anyone in to, to bolster it and they've fallen short for for every, every season you know they, 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 they've tried so 
Yeah, I mean, there are one or two getting panicked, and maybe you know it will be exacerbated by the transfer window thing. And there's, you wouldn't be shocked to see them go in in the next, you know, in the next couple of days. What they need to do is they need to go and sign a, a, a very non-spares signing, like a top draw, something or other, because that's what they've never really done. And I think it's something that Liverpool are only just getting their head around now. Mm. If they want to be title challengers and genuine title challengers under this city sort of. Um, t- City's time in the Premier League they need to go and do that and until they do that I don't think they're going to win a title it makes you wonder whether whether they're just holding fire till everyone else is done so they don't end up in bidding wars or something, or something. You know, the thing is you start to create these stories around stuff it, it might just be that case you know they've spent big money on Secure and Harry Kane's contract they're probably going to do a, a, some bits and pieces of that but here's the thing Pochettino, you know, he's clearly not happy with the way that that's been running. You know, he came out didn't he, at the end of the season and, and and talked about how you know it's time. To, it was basically time to back him and time to back the squad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in that regard because I think there's a bit of upheaval up and all around the place at the moment, and all it spells out is that the big, the big, the the big one's always going to be Manchester City. The most stable, the most money. They've now got the experience. All that squad's got the experience of doing it as well. But they haven't got the experience of winning it in a title race yet. Not that squad. Yeah, they've had it in a previous squad, and I think that's where Liverpool can come into it this year. Is and you don't know how they're going to react under the pressures of a you. We, they've won. Now we have to to go back to the top of the league, yeah. and that's what I'm hoping on. Whereas I think it's a, you can play with almost the freedom, and Chelsea won the league in the same way. You know when they stole March and everyone before December the year before last yeah. or whatever. That's the that's the thing. And listen, both of us sat here a year and a half ago probably and said. You might just have to sit on your hands until man this until Pep Guardiola leaves Manchester City, and you still might have to yeah. because if they win a hundred points again, I don't think Liverpool can win the league this season. Yeah, that's true. But if it? it's ninety to ninety-five, I think we can. Yeah, that's it. And then you look at the other ones. You know, it's impossible. It's just so it's so hard to judge Arsenal. You know, because part of me was to say Arsenal or Chelsea could be real dark horses here, and. This next few days, between now and the transfer window shutting, because look, we all know we can sell players. You know, there's, mm. there's going to be conversations about players going out, so we'll, we're, we're going to have plenty of stuff to talk about until you know September. But the in terms of bringing people in, you know, they're just not making those. They're not making the positive moves that you can see, and they also can't relax at the same time because it's all well and good getting to Friday. Well, what if Real Madrid come in with a hundred and fifty million bids for just for, for, for Hazard and you know then and then you're left with your, your star player all of a sudden once again completely on his ass. Maybe Hazard goes out with a back injury well, and exactly. goes in January. It's a difficult yeah. situation to be in, isn't That'd it? That'd be amazing if that happened. Um, but these you know these teams have got Europa League. This is not like this is not <laughs> Chelsea exactly, but this is not Chelsea with no European football yeah. again. Yeah. And this is Arsenal, not Arsenal with no European football. Yeah. This is them with the rigors of, of it. And you know, Arsenal Arsenal did it right. And most these teams have got good enough squads that they'll do it the same way we did it. They'll play, they'll field second strings largely in the group stages. It doesn't matter, it's still preparation, it's still time where your manager's got can't be on the training ground training first, first team because he's over mm. in the back end of Eastern Europe, um, freezing his t- freezing his tits off on a plastic pitch, you know. So yeah, the Arsenal it, it, one's all, interesting for me. I yeah. mean, I'm, I must admit, I looked at their signings. I thought that these lads are a little bit old. I wonder whether they're going to settle in. 
quickly to the Premier League. Now, I think Arsenal are in a better position than Chelsea are. I right. think, you know, I think the manager's had much longer to work with his squad first yeah. and foremost. He's been able to identify his targets um, from much earlier on because I'm pretty much certain that he'd have known three, four, five months ago that he'd be going to Arsenal Football Club. Um, whereas Sari and the Chelsea stuff, it just... it And it's the ownership it comes down to as well. You know, the rumours of Abramovich wanting to feck off and all that type of stuff. I feel Arsenal are going to be better, but I don't think they're going to be in our league. I think that the thing about the... Chelsea stuff and Sari said it himself is that he he's like he's not looking to come in and totally rip up the, the game plan and, and bring his way of doing it. He's coming in and he's gonna make a version of it work with what he's got. Until his four three three is ready, well, which is what Conte you know, did in fairness. That's it, like, until you know, his three three at the back was ready. Yeah, so you know, there's it'd be interesting to see whether again it this is this and it, will he get the time to, to actually do this because we know how fickle their ownership their their ownership is of course and they've tried this whole three-year plan thing with Chelsea managers and it never seems to get and they never have the patience for it but you know the fans already, don't seem to have any patience either you know you saw them yesterday going on about Morata I mean I realise that Giroud's probably not back in training yet I think he's a good player I, I, I'd, I'd have taken Giroud at Liverpool he doesn't quite fit the style of play but as someone to bring off the bench yeah, yeah, yeah. my word what a talented footballer um, but the Morata stuff is like if they can't get him scoring goals then you, you then you've got a twenty goal a season man, and you're not going to win the league with a twenty goal a season man. You're going to win the league with a thirty goal a season man nowadays yeah. because everybody else has got them. Yeah, and no, that, that means even even if Giroud plays to the best of his ability, they won't be good enough. Yeah, and we and and uh, you know and listen to all this. Of course, we just don't know. We just don't know with Man United. Man United should be it should be a three way race. I think between City United and us, because again, experience, money. All that kind of stuff, and just you know, in terms of the progression of where these sat, where these sat, wouldn't it gone. be great if and I because I think Man United can do this the way that they they had our number last season, you know, their style of play, the way that they play against us, that friggin' bringing Fellaini on late on. Mourinho's always been able to take points off the top teams. Wouldn't it be great if his style of football? opened up the league for Liverpool mm. because he was the one taking points off Manchester City and, and that closed the gap? Yeah. I mean, that would be fantastic. I, I, you know what? I'd roll the red carpet out for him. Yeah, I, the thing is, they're, they're, they're teetering on the brink, aren't they, to some extent, is that it's their season can only go two ways. There's no, I just don't think there's any room for grey areas at United at the moment. I think it's either going to be a barnstorming season or it's going to totally combust and their fans' heads are going to be all over the place. And the thing is, well... Did you I, see the rumours about Pogba to Barcelona? No. They put is this is this a true thing? This Barcelona play actually placed an offer for Pogba, fifty million plus Mina and Gomez, was it? And but and Man United straight up said no. And then has his agent come out and said that he wouldn't mind a little look at that or something? I mean, what a great thing to have right before the season starts. Yeah, well, we were getting told by I was getting told from various people early on in the year that you know it was likely to be Pogba or Mourinho this summer. There was going to be a decision made, and one of them was likely to leave because they couldn't. They just they don't, they don't like working together effectively. So that's it. Yeah, you know, having this kind of thing ongoing at the uh, at the club is these are the things that are boiling under the surface at United. And here's the thing as well: is that the the culture they've got for their fans, the culture that they've got around fan channels and all that kind of stuff, and you know the way they they discuss them in the public eye. There's there's a lot of people primed to capitalise on them. Being losing the reds, yeah, you know, which is which is 
mad and a, a real shame in some in some regards. Not that I could ever feel that <laughs> towards Man United or people from you know the red side of Manchester. Go back to the top. You just don't care, do you? No, I just don't care. Um, but that's the thing: is people are going to be people are waiting with the with the the, the well, they're waiting with the the table set, the knives and forks are out, the napkins are tied, and they're just waiting for something to chow down on some misery and some meltdowns to chow down on from Man United. Hit that stream now button. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what goes on there. Of course, um, we've got a couple of questions before we round up, and as I say, we're going to do a, 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 an absolute ton more of these over on the website as well. And we've been doing this for a few weeks now, so if you want to get into some of the back catalogue, please by all means do. Um, so, first question, uh, Jonathan Cook, a long-time viewer. Jonathan Cook says, uh, "Each pick your best eleven for this season, but draft style, oh. one at a time." So you don't get to choose the same players. Doesn't matter which position you both start. Once a player uh, in either team, they're gone. Who wins? Okay, I've not uh, put any pre-thoughts. I'm into taking this. Salah. Well, who says you're going first? You asked the question. <laughs> Sad. Okay, cool. I will take Allison. Mm, okay, I'm gonna take Firmino. Cool. I'll have. Mane I'll take Virgil Cool I'll have Keita I'll take Lovren Okay I will take um, Sturridge I will take Are they all fit? (laughs) Because I'm not, I'm not spending a draft on Oxley Chamberlain, but he's out for the year. You know what I mean? Just as a bit of a cheerleader. I'll let the audience decide. I'll take Shakiri. Okay, sad. I'll have Robertson. I'll take Hendo. Okay, Trent. Hmm. Lallana. Okay, Ox. Have you got a list? You went from a list? Yeah, I got a draft list. Okay, so. I got a draft board, mate. This is how you do this. <laughs> it's why I haven't. Yeah, right, right. You've taken Milner, haven't you? You've taken Robbo. You've yeah. taken Trent. I've taken Lalana. You've taken Sturge. I'm going to take Genie. Okay. I will therefore take. Fucking Gomez. I'll take Moreno. No, Klein. Okay. Hmm. How many fucking players have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You've taken nine. No, I mean, sorry, I mean, how many players have Liverpool? Uh, but there's like at least 10 or 12 players left that we've not loaned out. Do you want me to tell you some of them? No, he's on all of them. Ragnar, Nat Phillips, Matip, Grewich. Curtis Jones, Markovic, Ojo, Camacho, Crivea, Brewster, Arigi, Ing, Solanke. I will take Jones. I'll take Moreno. And I will take Clavan. I'll take Carius. Uh, cool. That it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You may as well take a twelve. I don't want a twelve. I've got eleven. We, we, we're doing the squad. 
And we're doing the, we're doing. Let's the, just do do pick the your best eleven for the season. So oh. you take it, get rid of your last one. Oh no, I'll get rid of Genie then. No, no, you, you've done no, your eleven I'll, picks. No, I'll take it, I'll get rid of Genie because you picked your goalkeeper as your twelfth. Yeah, I thought we were doing the squad. Why would you think we were doing the squad? It says pick your best eleven for the season. Okay, well I've picked twelve players, which you let me pick, and I'm going to pick eleven of them. Genie's not in it. Next. Sad. So Chris has got no goalkeeper. Chris is sad. Still better. <laughs> Who would you play in goal? If you, if, if would you play in goal if you've got no cast? Ooh, maybe Fabinho, something like that. <laughs> I think he's a, he's a big lad, like, and to be fair, not and and you know probably better than Carius. So, so I've got Allison in goal, a back four of Trent, Gomez, Clavan, and Robbo. Uh, uh, midfield four of Milner, Oxley, Chamberlain, Caton, and Jones, and then Mane and Sturridge up front. So I've got Carius, Fabinho. No. Carius, Klein, Van Dijk, Lovren, Moreno, Fabinho, Hendo, Lallana, Salah, Firmino, Shaqiri. Beautiful side, that was a pretty it? good side. Let people uh, let people decide in the comments then which was the best and whether do we allow Chris, having not picked the goalkeeper in as 11, to allow us 11? You always take these so seriously. Yeah, of course. You've got to take everything seriously, Paul. Sad. Okay, brilliant. Leave your... Uh, if you want to do this with friends, by all means, let's see how you how you get on with that and let us know in the comments as well. Okay, Swift. Uh, if your missus got preggers again, and said that this time, if it's a boy, you can name him after any famous footballer, uh, which name would you give your newborn son and why? Alessandro. <laughs> okay, I was going to go with just Zizu. One name, no more. Yeah, I like it. Del Piero. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sounds. Um, yeah. Okay. I can live with that. Right. Uh, final question before we wrap up. Then uh, Rossi LFC. Who's going to be on free kicks and penalties this season? I didn't really think about this one, but I think penalties. You give it to Mane. Mane, if he wants it, and he's been fine so far. He's just got Absolutely. to prove he can not put it bottom left. As, you, as you're looking at it, because yeah. that's the only place he's hit them. Okay. As, as soon as I know he can do other corners of the goal, I'm sound, I'm all in on Sadio Mane. Yeah. And free kicks, I really want to see split it. So I think Ten's going to take more and more free kicks, because mm-hmm. I think he can he can do that. We saw that against Hoffenheim last season. I want to see a 40-yarder Van Dijk free kick this season. Yeah. That's what I'm all, I, I really want to see that. And if it's right side of the penalty box... I want Salah to just keep hitting it into that top corner. My my thing is because um, we saw a little bit of a battle for it, didn't we, in the uh, in the Napoli game between Van Dijk, Trent, and Shakiri. I'm happy for I'm you know I think you need to have a left footed free kick taker. I'd be, it would be great for some because I'm just until Salah proves that he can actually do it, just let him continue to do the goals that he the goals that he does. I like Trent, I like Trent as the option for it, but equally there would be something to something to Jaden Jakiri having that in his locker and I think something absolutely essential to having someone like him who could predominantly be coming off the bench as, his, as part of his game changing Arsenal so I don't think he will take them week in week out because I'm not sure he'll play week in week mm-hmm. out but if he's got that in his locker and he had to like, yeah I'd be, I'd be made up with something like that but quick answer is Trenton Trenton Marnie I reckon um, brilliant we've got loads of questions including um, what who would be on our three man shortlist to replace Jürgen Klopp should he decide to go and you know you know run his contract down and get off elsewhere what would happen if a strangely obsessed football wizard uh, says we cannot a, a player who's not injured all season coming from our good friend Steve Hall 
And what would happen if Liverpool's squad were turned into animals overnight? I've got some belter answers for this. And do you know what I did? I wrote them all down, but I just did the first thing that they reminded me of in the animal kingdom. The absolute best way. I I think we did this with sweets last year, and it was great. And this is the kind of thing as well. So, yeah, great. If you want more of that, go to theredmentv.com. Sign up, start your three-month trial. Not just this. As I say, the the full Jürgen Klopp interview is going to be out this week. We've got loads of extra bits and pieces that we've picked up on our our travels as well. And we're going to be counting down to the brand-new Premier League season um, and we're going to be here throughout the year as well with amazing stuff final words tactical analyses I can't wait to get back more. into them yeah. I've missed them absolutely belted. so yeah thanks very much for watching or for listening and of course if you've done it already for subscribing as well welcome planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.